Welcome back to Relentless, guys. I'm so excited to have this episode. Thank you for coming back with us if you've heard us before. If this is your first time, thank you so much for investing the time to be here. I hope that you find valuable information that will help you find strength in your physical, mental, and emotional aspects of life. That's what all of this is about. So if you walk away with one piece of information that makes you better and healthier, that is going to be an accomplishment in my eyes. So today's topic isn't as flashy, maybe, or as right off the bat, you don't think, well, that's not that interesting. We're going to talk about holistic dentistry. And what makes that interesting is I understand that people are on the search for health. When you're sick, when you're in pain, and you're not finding answers, you're desperate to find help. And the whole concept of this podcast and the relentless mindset is that you don't stop looking because there is an answer to what your body is communicating to you. And one of those avenues that is very rarely looked at as a global aspect of our health is our oral hygiene and our oral health. So I have with me today two guests. This is our first time having two guests on the podcast. I have Dr. Eric and Dr. John with Kempner Dentistry. Thank you for being here. You're, well, thank you for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. So before we jump into some, again, hot topics, because anytime you bring up health, there's going to be some hot buttons we could push. On a personal level, um, just tell me a little bit about you, your family, how long you've been in business. Oh well, I'll, I'll let I'll I'll defer to the to the older gentleman over over here. <laughs> so you can tell this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I, so I we own um, uh, Kempter Holistic Dentistry, which is up in Concord, North Carolina. Um, actually, um, we'll be shortly expanding outside of our region, heading towards other areas, including South Charlotte and other areas of North Carolina. Um, I've been I'm, I'm a 2008 graduate uh, from UNC. Uh, went to went to NC State for undergrad. I have to always point that out to people as a, as a sports fan. But uh, loved both colleges and um, got out. And um, at the time, I, I got out in 2008. In 2009, my our grandfather John, my dad's dad, got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And through that, um, I was just you know in four years at, at that point in dentistry and had spent eight years in really looking towards science and medicine. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sit well with me. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, well, if this is all genetic, that means that I'm going to get Alzheimer's. And, um, you know, you're at the point in your career where I just got out into the real world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was working for a bigger practice, a general mm -hmm. dental practice, and there it was, and right in front of me was put my grandfather getting sick and asking questions and so on the short story there um through that i found out about um uh, that mercury is highly correlated with alzheimer's and we can get into that in some detail later mm -hmm. if you'd like um and in my research i realized that my own field was surrounded by this mm -hmm. and so luckily mentors were put in place within that first two to three year period and in 2011 um i opened kempter uh family dentistry at the time uh and then at eric got out of school in 2014 uh at unc also i'll throw that i'll let him talk but throw, <laughs> throw that in uh and and then he quickly within a year joined the practice and we rebranded uh completely as a holistic dental practice we can get into what that means um and so from that uh just we were able to uh, start looking at 
uh, the whole body, as mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. and I think that's really a, a key point. Mm-hmm. And um, and we've been really blessed that whatever it is now, 2019, I can't believe to say that, yeah. uh, that we're here and we're uh, thriving and really being able to uh, help people look at not just how to fill holes and mm-hmm. how to, you know, solve pain, but to really look at the cause. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and on that plug early, I'm, I'm honored that, like, for us to go further, the big step was was teaming up with my brother. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in the process of uh, teaming up with some other people that are like-minded and, and really uh, our callings to, to be able to help as many people Absolutely. as we can. Uh, and you're not this. just a practitioner treating people. You actually have a family that you embody yes, all of this yes, um, thought process in. So yep. how many children do you have? Yep, so first it's uh, the rock of my family, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we moved to, we're from Long Island. We, we moved to Charlotte with the first wave of Yankees, I call it, in the mid-90s. And uh, so I'm, I'm 38. I, I, uh, I met Shannon at 16. Um, I also met my second parents, my in-laws, Tom and Ann. Um, so we're, you know, as I tell everybody, I'm, I'm the guy that I'm, you'll never meet somebody who has had more male mentors and even mentors in general mm-hmm. uh, between just grandparents and fathers. Mm-hmm. And, and so sure enough, I meet Shannon early and, and we uh, go to NC State together. Mm-hmm. We, uh, she, she goes to Carolina uh, with a ring on her finger, as Tom put it uh, back then. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, she's not going with you without that. And I, we were already planning on uh, getting married. And anyhow, uh, I do have, I have four children. I have three girls. Uh, Felicia's 10, Samantha's 7, Alexandria's 4, and then Jackson, uh, John Jr., is uh, 20. Three months now, 20, yeah. almost twenty-three months. <laughs> awesome. Keeps you busy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll so it gives more, us a purpose. We'll get to some more yeah. personal things in the sure. end if we have time for it. But I love to hear those stories. And Dr. Eric, um, your family. My family. So I, I have my wonderful wife, Leela, mm-hmm. uh, and I have two daughters. Uh, I have Isla, who's almost three years old. She'll be three in March. Uh, and then I have a seven-month-old, Elena. Uh, mm-hmm. They definitely keep us busy at home. Uh, yes. They are quite rambunctious kids, even <laughs> even the seven-month-old at this yeah. time. Um, so like, I don't know where he gets that energy. I, I have Not no clear. idea. No idea whatsoever. <laughs> um, and we actually, we have a sister between us, but I'm, I'm the youngest, so of course I'm, I'm the amped up one all the time. Uh, but we're, it, it comes, if, if falls into you know even how we practice and everything i'm yes. very passionate about yes. what we do here uh just kind of reiterating like what my brother said here we you know i, I went to nc state for undergrad as well um i did have a stop off in unc charlotte to, to get an extra degree and mm-hmm. did get into dental school at carolina mm-hmm. and um you know during my time there even how we got even into this point here is i when when our grandfather got sick John had kind of reached out to me. I was learning some things in dental school and had relayed to him that, you know, something just didn't seem right, especially with a degree in chemistry, just with the, with mercury coming up, some other topics mm-hmm. in terms of materials. And he, you know, encouraged me to come to, to a meeting. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, going forward, mm-hmm. but it's the IAOMT, uh, the Biologic Dental uh, Association, essentially. And he took me to a meeting and pretty much the rest is history. Mm-hmm. He took me on in his practice. I worked in a general practice for a year mm-hmm. and I was blessed to have my brother hire me on mm-hmm. uh, and to, you know, take the risk to bring me in and um ever since then we've I, I love what we do in our practice it's it's so much different than being in a practice where you're just doing the grind every day right. we actually get to see people get healthy mm-hmm. and the one thing that we see all the time is people coming frustrated with you know i'm just so sick of going to the dentist and always having problems mm-hmm. and i feel like now with what we have established here and i know we're going to get into it more but mm-hmm. uh we actually can give people an answer or at yeah. least give them a path to get to health yeah. so um yeah so working with my brother's great everybody i get we i get that question all the time is what's it like working with your brother um i think and you you can tell me if i'm 
wrong here, but I think we have, uh, I think we have a great relationship. John's been my best friend, you know, since high school. You know, he was a little bit picking on me as a kid, but uh, since since we got a little older, we've been best friends ever since then. So it's like working with a best friend. And I do have to mention our father does work with us as well. Uh, he works more in the behind the scenes thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a family he practice. Says it keeps yeah. us in business. Yeah, he does. Ah, I'm sure that's um, true. <laughs> so uh, it's nice to to work with your family. If you yeah. had asked me when I was 16 if I would ever work with both my brother and my father, I probably would have laughed yeah. at you. Uh, but here we are, 2019. Yeah. I work with awesome. my dad and my brother, so it's it's great. And I point out the family aspect because we're going to get into some topics that it can agitate some people. And I like to point out that you're not just a practitioner doing things. You have children that you are yeah. as equally convinced this is the best thing for them as your patients. And that is a real important thing for me to point out is yep. you you have learned, you have educated yourself. You would not do something to your children. You, you know, wouldn't do for a client or. I get that question a lot, actually, from a lot of, we, we see a lot of kids at our practice. Mm-hmm. And when the question comes up about what would you do for your kid? Mm-hmm. Every time it's always whatever I would do here, I would 100% right. do for my children. Exactly. We don't do things in our practice that we wouldn't. And I know John yeah. says the same thing. Mm-hmm. If I wouldn't put it in my mother's mouth or mm-hmm. my dad's or mm-hmm. I wouldn't do a certain restoration for my sister, right. it's not happening for my life. Right. Last, I guess it was two years ago, out to Seattle, just a small point, to a, a biomechanics class mm-hmm. with a with a, a group called the Koi Center. And the whole reason I wanted to go was I, I had, you know, it happens to us. I, I've, got, I've got kids. We have, no matter how holistic we're trying to live, they go to, you know, grandma and grandpa's, I'll throw them under the bus, and next thing you know, they're getting Skittles, you know? And so, so you do what you can. And, and so anyhow, um, you know, they've, they've had some dental needs even in their young life. And so when I went out to this class, my goal was, I came back and I said to Eric, I said, look, you know, I've picked up now all the, what's the best biologically, in terms of materials and structurally how do we get the best of every world for longevity's sake which the ultimate goal is we want you to be healthy we don't want you to need us i mean opposite of what's out there love is the constant search for the best choice possible so scaling it back to some people will probably be thinking a dentist is a dentist is a dentist well would you think a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer no and a massage therapist they're different so what is holistic dentistry um you know, I get that question fairly often, especially from, yes. from fellow colleagues I went to school with. Um, I think the best way that I would probably put it is we look at your, bo- at your, at your mouth as part of your whole body. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's treating, your, treating your mouth with the whole body health in mind mm-hmm. um, while incorporating materials that are biologically sound mm-hmm. um, and that are non-toxic for mm-hmm. your body. Um, and I know John pointed it just a second ago, but stuff that actually lasts, something right. that is, is you can maintain. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is when we see you in our practice, when we see you for our, we get through your treatment plan, the idea is, we don't want to do dentistry on you. Right. You shouldn't be in this constant cycle of having bad things happening mm-hmm. um, because we want to get to the root cause mm-hmm. of every problem. We want mm-hmm. to get down to, I always, whenever people come in, they say, I've had a lot of cavities or I've had a lot of crowns. Uh, I say, I always ask myself and I'll ask them, why? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are taken aback and they that's say, just how it is. nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that. Right. It's just somebody has said I needed it and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I we, we tend to ask ourselves, why are the, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Because if we eliminate that cause, then logically the problem's not going to be there anymore. Right. Yeah. So, what is the difference in holistic then versus your traditional? Well, Sandra, I think that's it's, it's simple. There's there's complex ways to look at it. 
the simple way to explain it, we are generalists. So we, we in terms of our practice setup, we, we're um, um, in this, we do the same modalities of treatment. We have a hygiene department. We happen to call it dental fitness because we're coaches before we are cleaners of teeth. Now we do that. And we have a traditional practice in the sense of everything from doing restorate biologic restorations all the way to uh, crowns and, and cosmetics. And we even have whitening that is alternative options from what's out there that has chemicals. And I'm careful because, you know, you really think about it, you know, if, if you're splitting hairs, there's nothing in dentistry that's non-toxic. So the biggest difference to me between holistic dentistry and traditional, it's simple. I don't want to do dentistry. I, I, when we need to, we want to do it in the most minimal perspective. We want to look at prevention first. And I always go here. I'll, I'll get on my soapbox early. You know, unfortunately, in the United States of America, we have the number one emergency medical system in the world. Out of all of the industrialized nations, though, we are 47 out of 47 for prevention. It's sad. And so here we are, and dentistry is right there with it. So unfortunately. And, you know, I'm, I'm careful because, like, there are so many incredible traditional general dentists out there that are not using materials that, in my opinion, shouldn't be used. You know, my opinion. And uh, there's lots of controversy, I'll say that, in the dental field about what's legal and what's not. And where I go is, for my patients, what they want is this. And they want the least. They want what's going to have inert, be inert in the body, not affect the body. So, you know, we love our traditional dentists, but what we say is they're commodity-driven, most of them. You know, they're looking at how many crowns they're going to do in a month, and uh, just, just to be direct. And we're looking at how do we get our people healthy. And the quick story I'll tell you on that is I had a, a rep come in. Uh, I'm, the, I'm at this point the, 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 the back-end business guy. Eric's getting into that, but we're, that's been my, my side. And, and so the reps come in, they want to talk to me. And, and this rep sells chemicals. We'll just say that. He, he's, a, he's a product guy. And I won't even allude to anything else beyond that. And he comes up to me and he says, you know, Doc, you must not be, like, checking people for periodontal disease and, you know, for their health because, like, you're not buying any of this and, and this antibiotic or this or that. Mm -hmm. I let him finish and I just said, you know, his name's not Jimmy, but I'll say Jimmy, you know, um, Reality is my people don't need that. My people are healthy. And so we're, we're looking at it on that level on an alternative. But I also want to point, we're not, we're not different in the sense of, the, of dentistry itself. You know, um, one of the other things we do is we do everything that we can in a same visit. So we, we you know, like even our crowns, hit the microphone here, but even, even with our crowns, what we're doing is we're um, looking at ways to de uh, deliver them that day with right. co through computers. So, and then Eric in a little while can get into ozone. You know, that's a, another big factor. So in every industry, <clears throat> you're going to have, like with massage therapy, body work, you're going to have people that get the same certification, have the same taglines, yeah. have the same um, visible effort that you have. But they're not the same. So I know there's going to be holistic named practitioners and holistic named offices. But again, you're going to, you're not going to have the same level of care. You, you should. Gonna... I always encourage people um, just do your research. Mm -hmm. You know, look at look at, at go go to the office, see what they're offering. Uh, do your own research at home and. Um, 
go with your gut. You know, uh, we, you know, we pride ourselves on being uh, actually holistic, you know, and there's guys out there that kind of dabble. And it's, again, we'll like into the accreditation side. Right. So that's so the, the organization I alluded to earlier is the IAOMT. It's mm-hmm. the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. So if you're going for safe removal of amalgam restorations, um, you want to find somebody who is at least smart certified. Smart mm-hmm. is safe mercury amalgam removal technique. Mm-hmm. Um, that says that they're certified to actually take out. The, to take out the amalgam filling safely. Mm-hmm. They have the proper... Which the, the tagline for the IAOMT is know the research. Right. So inevitably, I get into discussions with the traditional dentists regularly about this, and, and we love them yet again. Mm-hmm. And so to educate, um, I, I like to point to the literature that we have, mm-hmm. which is different than what we've heard in school mm-hmm. and different to tell you than what's been pushed by the ADA. Right because the ADA supports mercury amalgam and fluoride and several other things that are, you know, on the IOMT level we've researched are not ideal for you. Mm-hmm. So I just figured to throw that in. Right. Um, so, yeah, you just, if, if, you're, if you're wondering if you're looking for a holistic dentist mm-hmm. in your area, mm-hmm. um, my suggestion would be to go to the IAOMT.org. Uh, they have a directory, <laughs> uh, and you can find somebody who's actually – accredited to do to do holistic and biologic dentistry and to safely remove those mercury amalgam restorations. Yes. Um, so you just need to be careful because, again, there are people that, that do it in advertisement only and they do some things that are holistic, but they're still doing things, you know, a lot of things traditionally. Right. Um, and again, it's not that they're bad dentists. Right. It's just uh, it's a mindset thing. Yeah. And it's a it's a how you're actually practicing. Like you said, everybody comes out of school with the same certification. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about how you interpret that certification and how you actually practice every day. Right. I think the key is ask questions. Right. Like, and, and don't be afraid, like, like Dr. Eric's mentioning, you know, when you talk to the new patient coordinator, see, get a feel for whether or not they'll let you come in for a tour or do they have something on their website that explains about what they do and, and how they do it. I mean, I think that's crucial. And that's a good point to remind everyone in every aspect of health, we should be doing this just because someone has a certain acronym behind their name or a degree we can't just take their word for it. You have to be relentless in your effort for your own health because as I say all the time, everyone is a snowflake. Not everyone needs the same thing and not everyone is going to respond to the same treatment or the same practitioner. And on the flip side, none of us are demeaning medicine as a whole, but if there is a better option, I would think everyone would want to know that better option. And that's what we're here for is to just show the better option, the less harmful, and to give you that choice. You're, you're, you're exactly right with the option side of things. And I say it all the time in our practice, my job as a practitioner is not only to perform the work on you, but I'm, my job is to inform you, mm-hmm. to give you all of the information so that you can take, you can make an informed decision about your care. Right. Um, informed consent serious. And I think a, yes. a lot of practitioners have kind of lost their way on that yes. side of things where uh, they're kind of dictating treatment to patients. 100%. When, when in reality, the patient we're, we're in America. You should, you mm-hmm. have the freedom to make choice about mm-hmm. your health care, and you should make your own informed choice on it. And if you don't get a lot of information, if a, if, a, if a practitioner says, hey, you need this, 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 and this, the first question out of your mouth should be, why? Right. So give me the evidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, 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 get, we take pictures. We take x-rays. We go through everything with people right with them because yeah. we want people to see what's in their mouth, and we want to show them that, you know, hey, this is the situation here. If you choose to do something, here's what we would recommend. If right. you choose not to, 
That's perfectly right. up to you. Yeah. And and here's the consequences if you choose not to do. Here's what can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but by no means do we ever hold a gun to somebody's head and say you you have to do this crown right. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's here's the information if you choose to make but your that choice. That is done you know. a lot. I it hear is it all absolutely. the time. I That's the expert model. That's the expert model. Wear the white coat. You're just the patient. And the comment on that, throwing in with what Dr. Eric's saying, the older generations, the baby boomers and that crowd, unfortunately, they grew up with a different scenario with a level of trust with doctors. We went off the rails. And so I think it's important to know that, you know, I have to coach people like doctor in Latin is teacher, like Dr. Eric was saying. Our number one goal is to teach people. So we spend the time to ask the questions. And it's and once you do, you realize that people have such a level of trust. And unfortunately, that trust has been eroded. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be disrespectful. And but I will say this, I've never had I've had personal experiences with going into pediatricians office offices, I should say, because it's been multiple. I've been fired by multiple pediatricians. <laughs> Can't help it. And on top of it, uh, you know, it's because I ask questions. And, and when you do, you know right to someone's soul whether or not they're willing to be a teacher or whether it's truly about commodity and being an expert. We always define it as, in our world, level one, level two, level three, level four. And the easiest way to explain it, level one and level two dentists, those are emergency dentists, and they're people that – 90 probably 90 percent of them out there and they're they're really just focused on the short term and then you have us in the world of three and four where we're whole body we're we're really looking at again minimization and on the individual aspect this is a great time to remind everyone a lot of times people come to you and they are at their wits end and i always like to remind people and and give them this freedom of thought when you're in extreme pain and I've had two oral surgeries in one month, so I know what this feels like, <laughs> especially around the face and in, in the mouth. When you have pain like that, you feel insane. You, right, f- yeah. you feel, it's just, you, I can't even describe it. So when you're in that predicament, that is not a time just to say yes and sign on the dotted line. You need to stop and take a moment, which means you need someone in your corner, if it's a family member, and educate them and say, listen, please come with me and help me think this through. Yeah. And that's a big point I think we have to remind people is, when you are in those times of pain and the hierarchy of pain takes over your body yeah. and mind, yeah, Especially um, that's tooth pain. a yeah, tooth pain is crazy, and it's just one of those times where you've got to as as much as you want to just say yes and go, take a step back, get somebody to help you, come with you, and make the right choice. There's regardless of what they tell you, there's always a way that mm-hmm. they can you can punt the football, even if you're in extreme pain. There's mm-hmm. ways to do it, whether it's yeah. holistically or even with tr- some traditional right. me- medicine methods, with, yeah. whether it's an antibiotic or whether it's just some, some, some temporary relief on things. You can take time to make to get informed and make a proper mm-hmm. decision. You can get that pain level down. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what anybody says to you, there's always a way to right. do it. So And so getting into some more of those different modalities or treatment styles you guys use would be the ozone therapy. Right. So let's jump into that topic. That was a big practice changer for us, actually. Um, So we implemented ozone about a year and a half ago. Probably uh, probably about a year and a half ago. Um, So... For those that aren't, in, aren't you know, familiar with ozone, ozone has been around since the early 1900s. Uh, they actually used to disinfect surgical suites with it. Um, essentially, ozone is o- oxygen is O2, ozone is O3, so it's got an extra oxygen on it. Um, and that extra oxygen uh, molecule actually can do a lot of wonderful things in your body, and especially for us in dentistry. Um, we use them in just about 
every procedure, I would say. Uh, we make ozone water. We actually pump those through our dental lines. So essentially ozone is antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, and incredibly anti-inflammatory. Mm. Um, so for our purposes here, for instance, if we do a cavity, uh, if, we're, if we're filling a cavity or we're prepping a tooth for a cavity, when we're finished, um, most practitioners will scrape the tooth and see if it's nice and hard tooth structure. That's usually indicative of whether the cavity's gone or not. Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, though, there's microscopic bacteria that's still inside that tooth. So what the ozone does for us is it will actually kill off the rest of that bacteria in that cavity prep. And one of the other things we found that it does is... Inside the tooth, you have these things called dentin tubules, and essentially, without getting too deep into mm -hmm. it, uh, should have brought like pictures. Right, right I should have brought some pictures. Um, uh, without getting too deep, think of tunnels in the teeth. There are tunnels yeah. in the teeth that that's how you feel sensation and, and sensitivity and pain. Mm -hmm. um, it's the fluid inside of there moving. Again, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but essentially, the ozone will cut off those tubules so that so that the pain signal can't get sent or the sensitivity signal. So when we put the ozone on there right before we put the filling, it has dropped our our rate of sensitivity after fillings. I don't know how many people you've had come back for that. Um, it's been minimal. It's been less. Yeah, he beat me to it. It's It's been in my 10 years of doing this in dentistry. The last two, it's exponentially less. And it's because of inflammation control and sensitivity control. Now, there's other forms of it get into toothpaste. I mean, you know, right. So we have, uh, so there's other forms that we use it, but even other procedures, we use, we started using them in extractions. We, we you know, after we take a tooth out, we'll, we'll pump the gas into the area where the tooth was. Um, and we also inject it into the tissues. And a lot of the anti inflammatory characteristics comes from developing uh, natural nitric oxide in your tissues, mm -hmm. which opens up the blood vessels and mm. decreases that inflammation. Mm -hmm. And doc Dr. Dr. John does a lot of surgery, especially implant surgery. Yeah. He's utilized it with that. But we've noticed our healing times and our extraction patients and our implant patients has has dropped significantly well and throwing in too it's it's not only the yeah healing time and pain so i'm careful still i do as eric said um most at this point of the implants um in the practice and um, we use a, a non-metal zirconia implant in most cases and also a titanium too that is biocompatible and i can get into details on that if we need to or or talk if anyone ever wanted to, you know, call my office. Um, the main thing to know, though, is uh, I'll give you three years ago when I did uh, a single implant placement with the Fabergé egg technique that we have. Even with that, it was a three- to four-day immune response. And reason being, it's inflammation. It's the natural inf inflammatory cascade. We can knock that down and lower the time between and take it down to about a day. And so I tell patients, you know, now I'm like, look, Arnica Montana, which is a great, you know, natural anti-inflammatory, take that like you would ibuprofen sublingually three times a day. I very, very rarely have where I consider giving someone a pain med unless they're very concerned. I mean, I'm not against it, but it's really just not needed. And it slows the healing back to that. And then antibiotics. This is my favorite topic. Um, I cannot tell you the last time without someone asking me for it that I've ever given an antibiotic for implant surgery. So replacement teeth, you don't need it because we handle it at the site. And so your body, your body doesn't need to have that, um, Medicine. Assault. Assault. Right. Your That's gut right. Your gut doesn't need to have that happen. You know? so, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so so one, one of the great things I want to point out is so because you have invested yourself into finding the best things for the body, it's kind of like walking into a clean house. 
You yeah. don't appreciate the clean house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk into a messy house that creates, you know, domestic violence with your spouses. Sure. <laughs> right. You know? So right. what I want to point out is because you have invested your time, energy, resources, intellect, all that into finding the best choices, what you're doing for people is preventing them in a lot of cases from needing the stuff that, okay, at right. some point we might need those extreme painkillers, but how about we don't even need those? Yeah. Right. So what you've done now by choosing a better alternative is you have prevented your body from having those onslaughts of chemicals more to, to begin with. So right. that's a great it, point. It stops it at the pass. And a big one, we talked about kids before. I, one of the ozone things that, that we can do in our office, which we're actually allowed to do, is uh, we can do ear treatments, uh, mm-hmm. what we call ear insufflation. And insufflation is just pumping air into a, into a cavity. Uh, we actually have a stethoscope that hooks up to our ozone machine. And I know uh, John's kids have had ear infections and we've hooked them up uh, mm-hmm. to it. Most people don't don't realize that most ear infections are not bacterial. They're actually viral. Mm-hmm. Um, ozone is one of the few things that can actually attack fa- viruses and actually cut back the, the length of the how, how, how long you're sick. Right. Um, and one of the studies they did uh, with ozone, and I'm, I'm going to try and get this correct, but I believe they had 18 kids that had antibiotic-resistant bacterial uh, ear infections. They hooked them up on the ozone machine. They did treatments every day, twice a day, and 17 out of the 18 kids completely resolved their wow. their issues within a week. Wow. So um, we can we can actually you know treat people that way. We Dr. John's very familiar with this because he gets very stuffy in his nose. Uh, I we do we do uh, sinus insufflations with it. Mm-hmm. So if you find that you're having some tooth pain in your upper teeth and it's we we determine that it's usually a sinus pressure issue um so a lot of explain insufflation sorry to jump I'm in sorry. yeah get back you're using you're i'm using, using big words big, big 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 <laughs> yeah big stuff. uh put it back down in normal people terms i'll get out of my nerd talk here um, but uh insufflation is just pumping gas into a cavity essentially yeah. so um your sinus is a sinus cavity so for instance when we say sinus insufflation it's just a, Blow, blowing air it's just blowing air into the sinuses and it's just ozone gas that we're putting we're putting into the mm-hmm. sinus um typically most people we we do it in dr john well i'll say that what it feels like it feels warm and i have chronic sinusitis from as a kid you know we can get in deep but it's like you know i'll stay off of the the gut all the different things that were wrong and why i have allergies vaccines you know throw a few plugs but we'll stay on okay now i have this how do we treat it and i'm the guy that you know i've taken allergy shots i've done you know everything from flonase to Claritin, and, and you can hear me right now. Thank you, North Carolina, for the 70 degree weather down to the 20 and the heat being on, the heat being off. So I'm very dry right now. Um, but that being said, as Dr. Eric explained, in the last year and a half, I've seen massive change in my in my cavities here, my my ears and my sinuses. And it, again, you put the gas there, and immediately it feels warm. And uh, he tells the kids, like, that, yeah, well, in the ears, it'll feel like pop rocks. And, and it's just like this bubbly sensation. And what that is is that's the oxidation of the cell wall of the bacteria or the virus, yeah, that's there. And um, so you can, you know, think of it this way. Like this, the, the layman explanation is you have all these options to kill things through your stomach, which bring about all sorts of problems in your body. Whereas we can treat it with something that for every human being, you don't have an allergy, which is oxygen. <laughs> no person's allergic to it because the only side of, the only side products from it is water and oxygen. Yeah, and I always joke, like if you've seen uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, you know, the guy Gus has the Windex. It's now our Windex. Like it's like we use it for like – So you know, our sister jokes <laughs> all the time and it's it's always uh, in, in, in John's household. It's, mm-hmm. it's oh, watch out. He's going to break out the ozone oil, <laughs> yeah. you know, sure he's or he's going to go get Eric to go, awesome. to go get the ozone. On the ozone topic, just to you know take this 
from Sandra for a minute. Can you can you explain about toothpaste? Why we why, right? What do we recommend there? Um, so if you find that you you're one of the people that's had uh, you know issues getting inflammation out of your mouth, or you have a high bacterial count in your mouth, uh, people that come in with mild periodontal disease or gingivitis, one of the great things that we have is we have a product from a company called Pure O3. Um, they make these ozonated oils, so they they spend it takes like weeks to actually make this oil, almost a month of straight bubbling ozone into uh, various different types of oil, whether it's olive oil, coconut oil, avocado. Each of the different oils have a different level or concentration of, of ozone in it. And obviously, depending on your case, we'll recommend a certain type. But even for kids, so if kids are getting a lot of cavities, for instance, uh, I recommend at nighttime, you actually use the ozone oil as toothpaste. And you can actually coat your floss in the ozone oil and then floss with it to get it in between your, mm-hmm. in between your teeth. I tell people to spit out the excess, don't rinse your mouth with water and just go to bed. Mm-hmm. And we've done this, you know, anecdotally, you know, case studies in our office. Change. I've seen big changes with people within within a week period. That inflammation's down. It's killing off the bacteria in there. Sensitivities down. Um, uh, that's a big one. <laughs> change with it. And you know, it's and then in the morning we recommend either compounding your own toothpaste, which we have a compounding recipe on, I believe, both our Facebook page and website. Um, and also uh, just having a natural toothpaste, something that doesn't have fluoride and doesn't have triclosan or other chemicals, SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate, or any of the derivatives. There's, we could just talk about yeah. that yeah. for an hour. It's <laughs> like, I don't know where to go next. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just keep it yeah. to, um, so the next thing would be talking about amalgam fillings. So you're going to have people on both sides of the topic. First, why do, would you want to have them out? And then go into what is the best. Okay, so uh, to go there, mercury is the second most toxic substance on the planet. And I'm careful because the thing to say, Sandra, as Dr. X alluded, we're really responsible from here to here. Sure. So everything else that I say is based on, back to research, what we know about mercury as a as a um, an element on uh, that's that's made here in, in on Earth, uh, and what it does to the body. Mm-hmm. So next to plutonium, it's the second most toxic substance on the planet. Mm-hmm. Now you have to get a little background here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 1816. Don't quote me on that. But in early 1800s, the Krakow brothers from France figured figured out 18. 1880s. No, it was earlier than that. But I'm, I'm sorry, to, but I'm it's sorry. it had to be it had to be earlier than that because in the 1850. Yeah, it's okay. So so in the early 1800s. Um, the, the Krakow brothers from fa- France figured out that you could take silver chips, uh, cracked up silver, and with mercury uh, in a mortar and pestle, you could make this amazing putty because mercury is the only substance, only metal that will liquefy other metals while in contact. So where this was amazing is that at the time in dentistry, you know, we had, like take the United States, yeah, we had either dental surgeons that were pretty much one one thousandth of the population and then there were barber dentists on the street that were think about where we were at the time as a society so you know i look at it to start out as it was an unbelievable uh advantage at that time to have this material that back to it, it you know i can mix it and then i could teach you in five minutes how to pack it in someone's tooth and it actually is amazing um because of some of the properties of the metal it actually will even kill the bacteria um, so let's take mercury out for a second. It is the most amazing dental material out there. I'll just go there. This is why dentists to this day still think that it's a great idea in certain situations to use it. And we believe that it's a great material, but there's an unfortunate inconvenient truth 
about its toxicity and there's other ways to fill teeth nowadays now you have a couple things here you have um the the obvious target is um we shouldn't be placing them that's that's the belief really starting to be the belief of all of us I, I, <laughs> it's also a market driven thing most people don't want, want the silver fillings in their mouth yeah. they're they're saying hey can i have the tooth colored filling so there's a lot of dentists that say because of what they look like that's the reason why they don't do them anymore but there's a huge piece to this and that is every mercury filling is 50 percent or more by molecular weight mercury it has other elements in it um, when it is in compound in the tooth, it is releasing mercury gas. And to get into that, we have to worry about, you know, the mercury. This is the defense of it. Well, it's everywhere. It's in the air. It's in the water. It's in the food. Well, first off, I can, I can hit the water in the air real quick. When it goes through the GI tract, it processes differently. I won't get into a bunch of detail there. I'll just say that you're protected by your, your stomach and your liver. Now, if it doesn't have a hole in it, that's right. That's right. It's true. Okay, go on. True, true. That's a whole other world that's over my head. But then you have the aspect of ethyl mercury, which is the breathable mercury. This is the danger with mercury fillings on the vapor level and in the air when you think about coal power plants and all that. So, in my world, though, where we where we separate ourselves back to holistic versus traditional, the the scary comes with removal of that mercury. When you were, you know, there's 150 million people in the United States with metal in their mouth. The couple statements on it is uh, only about 20% have acute problems. That's what that's what's known. 80%, the other 80% are chronically exposed to it, and it's very difficult to claim whether or not the fillings are related. Well, and yeah. they have they have the ability to to detox that heavy metal out of their body. They have the proper receptors yeah. for it. The, the 20% don't. Mercury. They they have they have the 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 mercury builds up in their body a lot easier than that 80. And that's not all, but it's really just it relative to that 20%. Going back to where a snowflakes. Yeah. Right. So it, what's the makeup of your body? How does your body respond to this? It's the same, it's the same yeah. argument as somebody who smokes for 80 years and doesn't get lung cancer. Right. There's yeah. people that, yes. that are like... Well, in the book that I'm reading that on uh, right now is on epigenetics. And you really look at the... Back to my grandfather, John, you know, our grandfather. It's like it, it, there, was, there were so many factors there. And so I don't get into the that, that causation. It's very, very easy to, you know, start... What I wonder. What I know is mercury as an element is toxic to humans. In every other industry, we have precautions for this mercury. In dentistry, because of its history and because of how it just innocently for us has been a key product when we didn't have other options. I don't blame other dentists. Now it's, but where we are in 2019 and there are other options. So it becomes two nasty topics. One is training of dentists. That's the easy target we'll go to. Unfortunately, a lot of dentists are just living in the past. I'll stop there. Second would be the more sinister one, which is because of money, because of the health clinics in the United States and the government not being able to afford to do what's needed to restore these teeth correctly, they buried under the rug that this is an issue. And it's happened over and over, and there's been lawsuits that the IOMT uh, lawyers have put out towards the FDA, and they've been squashed. And so back to, like I told you earlier off, off camera about the serenity prayer, and you know, I'm, just give me the wisdom to know what I can and can't change. And so for me, I get back to educating people on the mercury as an element. And what we know is that in the tooth, to the summarize, it 
it is safer than when it's removed. I will caution everyone that when you have a mercury filling removed, that we're 3,300% above the OSHA safety limit for mercury exposure in one day if there's no safety gear involved. So when we get into safety gear, Dr. Eric can comment a little on the SMART technique, but the things that we do to capture this mercury from a occupational side. Because, you know, admittedly, I'm very concerned. I, my patients are, are, are a huge importance. They're my family. But um, as we all are, uh, you're worried about your own health and your own hide. And when you look at dentists, we are the sickest of all medical providers as a whole. And this is because of our exposure to not just mercury, but other chemicals that we're exposed to in dentistry. Right. You, you can quote Seinfeld and say, you don't know what my people have been through. And it's the dentists. We've been through a lot. Uh, um, no, yeah, there is, a smart, there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, and I know he, he talked about the SMART technique. So what we do in our practice, the IOMT has come up with a protocol called the smart technique that uh, helps us safely safely take them take the mercury restorations out um, the whole concept of it and without getting too nitty-gritty into it is we need to not let it get in your body when we're taking it out <laughs> mm-hmm. so we need to protect your mouth your your nose your airway uh, your eyes and your clothes and your body mm-hmm. um, and in doing that what we do is we do we do all the removal under a rubber dam uh, so none of it gets into your mouth we have an oxygen mask well we also just to throw in we I'm sorry but for, for patients that can tolerate the rubber dam. Right. The rubber dam's an umbrella. Dentists use this often. I think they put them on incorrectly 90% of the time. We, we're very skilled, our assistants, at getting this where it's not claustrophobic, mm-hmm. but also, sorry, to, yeah, to, to, cover, to cover that. When we can't use it, we use a cleanup, which is a specialized suction. Yep. yep. And then, uh, it's, it doesn't even allow any liquid anywhere around that two, 360 degrees to, to get into your mouth. So mm-hmm. we have situations where we do have to use that. Uh, we do put an oxygen mask on your nose. So you're breathing 100% oxygen during the procedure. So mm-hmm. none of the mercury vapor, God forbid it ever got out from the actual drilling process. You won't be breathing in. Mm-hmm. Um, eye protection. I think that's a no brainer. Obviously mm-hmm. you don't, there are particles that are flying in the air, microscopic particles. We do not want those getting into your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we do is we put a, a drape on you. So after the procedure, I, I sometimes like to do this when they ask, well, why are you putting this drape? on me and when I'm finished taking it out all the when I'm finished removing safely removing the mercury I'll show them the drape and you see the amount of splatter of mercury splatter that's Mm -hmm. all over that drape Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest thing is we actually have a specialized vacuum that we put uh, approximately four inches from your face from the from the site as we're removing this Uh, our assistants are very skilled uh, like like John had mentioned they're having a high-speed suction right by the tooth as we're drilling it, and they're also uh, spraying water the entire time. He or I are drilling the are drilling. Yeah, since we have the rubber dam and suction in place, we've protected your airway. You have oxygen also, so I tell my patients like we can, we can then flood the site, which which suppresses the mercury as we cut it. We cut it in large chunks. Um, and this gets into, you know, dentistry, I don't know, eight out of 10 people, Sandra, are afraid of us. And so, so this is my, I'll take a little aside and say, Fabergé egg means we're very concerned with how can we do this with minimizing, you know, stress on you and the teeth, because this goes back to nerve death. And, you know, we, we want to be, so, you know, just to to highlight that we use a brand new, this is unfortunate where a lot of practices are, are cutting corners, a brand new, burr or drill bit that is very thin 
that is meant to not powderize this metal. And we are, he has 5X, we have 5X, I don't remember, something like that, magnifiers, doesn't matter. So we have at least 3X, I got 5X for surgery, magnifiers that, we're looking at your tooth, I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> this big. And so, so we're there safely going around, and then as one of our assistants is there working with us, they're spraying it, and it's just, as Eric said, early on when I was learning about this, you had the dental air vac on the person's chest and sitting there as you were moving. And I used to look up and see like a bunch of metal in, in it. And I don't believe at the time we were doing a great job at capturing it even at the site. So our whole point is we have many different parts that are even beyond um, what is the SMART protocol. And on that I'll say I have some, we have some mentors uh, out there that I'll plug right now. I'll give you some names in North Carolina. Some just, we're, we're, North Carolina's way ahead. Like, we're, I'm just going to say that. And so fly here. Come here. Charlotte's a air, uh, hub airport. You know, we're in Concord. Carl McMillan, a colleague of ours, and Cornelius, a dear friend and mentor. I mean, this this is Matt Young in Hendersonville. We got Bill Virtue up in Yadkinville. Uh, Dr. Sharon Reed, who's in Clemens. She also has an associate. The, the, these people have been instrumental in the trailblazers for our field. And, and so they've even taken – where I'm going with that is – They've even taken it further, like where you'll see them in Tyvek suits and, you know, things that are things that are really. And our reason for not going there to throw it in is, is, you know, we want to be um, uh, men of the people, you know, and men and ladies of the people. And and that gets very costly. And so one of the topics is we our fees are very standard. And so we've and back to it. It's I'll say this. My personal opinion is we've got it now above 99 percent of capture. So I joke with my patients, look, you're getting your mercury removed and you got less exposure than when you're breathing in North Carolina. <laughs> Hang out with us for a while, you know, you're safer. So So just so, going back to yeah. con- to continue to look for why the why. Right. And that's what we're here for is to give you more information to try to figure out the why. Um, the next topic I want to cover is very near and dear to me, something I deal with every day, TMJ. So um, how do we get TMJ? There are a myriad of reasons why, <laughs> and searching for that reason is a, is a good thing. But um, if anyone has had a baby and has tried to breastfeed and had latching problems and ended up finding out that your baby was tongue-tied, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. But what happens when that wasn't discovered and you become an adult? And so I, I, have, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen recently an MRI of a person talking and how much movement goes on in the jaw and in the throat with the tongue. So just think with me for a minute. This is all kind of maybe new information. But let's just say, for example, um, I held my shirt down and I wouldn't allow my arm to move. Well, it's not that my arm doesn't have the ability to move. It's that I'm holding my shirt down. So if your tongue is attached to the bottom of your jaw because you're tongue-tied, you don't have good mobility in your mouth. <laughs> if you don't have good mobility in your mouth, you're not going to have good mobility in your neck. Everything is connected. So you guys actually help adults with tongue tie. We do. Which uh, is amazing. <laughs> and people never think about this. And they're taking medication on top of medication. We help and getting everyone. shots. We'll do yeah. Right, yes, 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 yes. I just think it's adults. I think it's amazing yeah. that the adults yeah. do that's what I'm saying yeah. is people will be searching and taking drugs for years thinking they have jaw right. pain when it could be a structural issue. Uh, the biggest one that I always get is if I if I see, if I'm doing an exam and I see that there's a tongue tie and there's, there's four, four classes of tongue ties. We'll get into it in a little bit, I'm sure. Um, but if I see that tongue tie, I, I start asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
hey, do you get a lot of, you know, tension in your shoulder, upper shoulders mm-hmm. and, and neck area? Do you, do you know, do you feel a lot of jaw tightness? Um, when you talk and if you talk too fast, do you stumble your words? And people are usually taken aback, like, is this guy like reading my mind? Right. Um, no, these are all symptoms of, yes. a t- of a tongue tie. And, and the, the, the things that we see when a tongue tie is not resolved as an, as an infant, these are the, the consequences we see mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm going to plug our other our other business that we have here, Preferred Sleep Solutions, is a practice that specializes in sleep, uh, dental sleep devices. Um, I know, John, you can you can comment on this in terms of the number of people you see that. Oh, it's a massive amount. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say, Sandra, there's so many. What's What blows my mind about what I'll just say what God's done for us, like in terms of putting things in front of us. Um, you know, you ask and you receive and, and, and if you're really searching and, you know, I have severe sleep apnea and personally, and, and I'm, I'm not the lightest of guys, but I, 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 I'm not also, you know, morbidly obese, which we connotate to people with severe sleep apnea and actually it's anatomy and, and, and I, and I'm in the process of getting my board license in dental sleep treatment along with a dear friend of mine, Rick Van Gerp, who is in South Charlotte, who, um, I'll go ahead and you'll be the first to hear this. It'll be a little while from now, so by then it'll be done. But Preferred Sleep Solutions is in the process of merging with a company called Carolina Sleep Solutions. And um, and the reason is Rick and I are, and, and Eric are really the only providers out there that are looking at airway mm-hmm. as holistically part of this, where this genesis came. And my own personal struggle with this has been um, – uh, tantamount to the beginning of, of how it all started. And so sure enough, what do I have? Uh, we find out after our advanced training in the last year on, on tongue, on ankyloglossia, I have a posterior tongue tie. And so, um, one of the many reasons I have severe sleep apnea is that. And so I'm not alone about, I'm finding now, we don't know for sure. It's very new, but more than 50% of my patients that have sleep apnea and airway problems at night also have a tongue problem. Mm. Also, a lot of those people, I would say the vast majority clench their teeth and mm-hmm. have TMJ issues. And, um, yep. and I know in your field, mm-hmm. I'm sure that when a lot of people in your field are doing the treatments to, to fix, you know, the jaw muscle in there, right. and it's just, it's always tying back up here. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about the tongue tie as a part of that in terms of the connected tissue, what we call the fascia. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, you know, I, I speaking with a lot of people in your field and chiropractors, and we learn about the main trunk of fascia in your body, where the origin of all of your connective tissue comes from. Your tongue ties right on that thing. Yeah. And so if, if that's restricted, uh, all of the peripheral tissue around here, neck. Explain where the, where the front, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Explain yeah. where it connects. So uh, if you lift your tongue up, the little band of tissue that's that's right under your tongue that would that's your that's your frenum that's your that's where if it's really restricted that's where the tongue tie occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you're looking at there is actually the anterior tongue tie, and that's the one that's out from your body. Uh, but people forget the there's actually if there's an anterior component, there's also a posterior component, and where that plays a role in all of this. And, and John talked about it here with sleep apnea is it's going to control the back of your tongue, mm-hmm. and if you go and you open your mouth. Uh, open and closed a bunch of time and your tongue shoots to the back of your throat you have a post we, we've got a we, we've got just to throw this in we've got a, a several of the uh, uh retired panthers that are patients they're very holistically minded guys actually because they're they've been through a lot in their life and so one of the one of the guys i mean he's he's the gentle giant he's like he's six foot seven he's just this big beefy guy and he comes in he came in for sleep problems originally and he opens and he has the opening of like a little kid and he's been telling us his whole life he's been dealing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And so we did therapy, you know, so so to talk to segue into back to TMJD, um, the the disorder of the joint. So in this example, this guy had no opening and you have three things at play. Dr. Eric hit on it. You have the fascia, which is the connective tissue that surrounds the muscle, which is the second thing. Mm -hmm. And then you have the bone, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, this is the most complicated joint in the entire body. If it was a single joint. A, a dual, a one hinge, excuse me, we would be like an alligator where we had to have a huge snout. Now, look at what we eat. You know, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I mean, I, got, I can open my mouth, and, uh, both with the lungs and, and everything else. So, you know, you get back to this panther guy. We go. We, we're, we're at the tail end of his treatment now. We've done all the optimization on the my, myofascial level and also done some deprogramming with his joint, finding where that complicated joint wants to be because, by the way, we're also dealing with these anywhere between 24 and 32 stones of bone that are there and how they line up. So it's, 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 it's multidisciplinary. It's not just about dentistry. It's what you guys do. And, and, and I'm really excited. What's, what's, what's really neat about where this is all going. This is fresh stuff. I mean, we're nationwide. I tell Eric all the time, this is leading edge. And where are we going to be as all of us collaborate I don't know. Let's just go to five years. You know, any, anything like that. Say five. Uh, I'd love so. to have. I'd love to have somebody like you in my office. You know, like where I could <laughs> well, send a patient the there for pre work and send yeah. them for post work. But it, it is all tied together. And um, I know that at some point we we actually do have a doctor coming in in the next month that that does specialize in Dr. Shelley Boucher, who is yep. fantastic at TMJ treatment. Um, but yeah. my for for those of you out there listening, I mean, I would just encourage that again. TMJ stuff. Just if a, if a dentist hands you a night guard, that's a band aid. That's yeah. not mm-hmm. that's yeah. not fixing the problem. That's not getting to the root yeah. cause. You have to dig deeper into People what the need problem night is. Guards. But they right. need they need the night guard when the jaw is balanced. Right. If you've got slashing lines <laughs> on it, and yeah. you know, there's the, I'm, I, I hear sometimes, oh, I, I chew through them. You were you were absolutely out of function, and I guarantee you are tongue tied. I guarantee it, and that's that's where it's connected. So that may be. A life-changing topic, right there. Yeah. So that's all someone walks away with. Yeah. How do you, how do you, Doc? I'm, I'll, I'll be the host for a sec. How do you, what do you do about it? Um, so in our office, we do a laser tongue tie release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're using a CO2, uh, what we call a cold laser. Um, we use a, a laser from a company called Light Scalpel. It's a fantastic piece of equipment. Uh, but essentially, it's vaporizing. We vaporize the the, the fibers in the tongue tie and the frenum. Uh, so there's minimal bleeding. Uh, obviously, there's capillaries in there. So sometimes there's a little bit of bleeding. Usually, it stops about two minutes after we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially, we take that rubber band and we just... It, it just releases and you'll typically have a little diamond shaped wound underneath there. Pain is minimal because it's not cutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just vaporization. Uh, most patients that I've done this for, they report that it feels like they burnt the bottom of their tongue. Mm. Like if you bit a piece of yeah. pizza that's too hot and yeah. it got under your tongue, that's what it feels like for a couple of days. Generally my 15, you know, anywhere from 13 to 18 year olds, those guys are bouncing back pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, and if you're in your fifties, it'll be a little bit more sore. Um, but we encourage stretching afterwards. You have mm-hmm. to keep the wound stretched. We don't want it to compress. As you know, if you get a cut on your arm, the skin is always super tight after Mm -hmm. it heals. Mm -hmm. Um, The same concept applies for your tongue. We want you to stretch it out real good uh, and prevent the, to minimize the amount of healing compression that we have in the wound. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we use a laser release. If somebody's going to cut it, I would highly caution against that because Mm -hmm. you are not vaporizing the fibers. Their fibers are still there if you cut it. And if that tongue sits back on top of each other, those fibers are going to heal right back and you're going to be. Just like a cut on your hand. Yeah.
Whereas when you vaporize it, I tell the kids, I'm like, this is like my Star Wars lightsaber that you can't even yeah. see. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's how we that's how we do it in our office. And I know there's other guys that use different lasers. We prefer the CO2 laser just because it is specialized for soft tissue. Awesome. Yep. And we're not the only ones that do this. There's some there's some great providers out there even in our area, and I wish everybody did it because really in the future that's what's needed. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about with TMJD and all those types of things, the body is communicating to you that there's a problem, finding the root cause. Mm -hmm. How about root canals? <laughs> and this is another like five oh, hour, five yeah. hour <laughs> I think the 35,000 foot view on that, Sandra, is it's, it's, a, it's a deep topic, first off, as you're saying. And so we lecture on this. I, I've, I've given several on, on, on this exact, and, and I say to anyone, you know, it's, there's the, 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 the title is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So, so I have to say, first off, this, this is controversial. This is more controversial. You, you know, the, the third rail of dentistry is, is maybe not mercury. It might be this topic. And so there's an entire industry uh, group of, of practitioners out there that this is their specialty. So I'm going to say this. None of us know. None of us 100% know. Now, there was recently a movie that just came out on Netflix that had some very interesting information in it that is – you know, based on someone's personal experience and what they've also found with uh, some research, talking to some different health practitioners about root canals and its and its systemic risk. So I'm not going to ever sit here and deny that that could be there, and it likely is. Um, but again, back to like where we go, you know, what we know on our end in the mouth is there. There is no way to make some of the anaerobic bacteria that we find in the body, except when it starts here. So there's a, there's a, a correlation there with like even recent studies on breast, breast cancer and, you know, what's cardiac disease, et cetera. So, you know, what do we, I, I think the safe, the safe topic, Sandra, uh, without having an hour discussion on, on the background is what do we really do about it? What, what's the, what is, what do we do? And I tell patients it this way. Um, okay. Teeth are organs, so we have two sets of them we're given. I don't even want it. It's 20 plus 32 if we get all of them, so normal people, probably 52 total. So along your lifespan, you lose these, and you get a second set. They're, they have the, We call them organs because they have their own life center. They all have their own nerve, and they're, they're alive. And, and, and where else in the body do we leave dead organs? So this, this I don't. The, I don't think there's a single yeah, surgeon out the, there that that looks at you when your appendix blows up yeah. and says, "You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna uh, pump that thing full of bleach, and then we're gonna put a bunch of wax yeah. into it, and we're just gonna so, let it hang out." So I don't think there's any no. surgeon on this planet that would go for yeah. that. So that so we get into this focal infection theory. Is there is a chronic level infection in the jaw related to the rest of the body? I'll plug two books. Uh, Am I dead? By Fred Hughes. And also um, Saving Victoria's Breasts, which is about breast cancer, also by Fred Hughes, um, also co-authored by some other uh, people that I don't remember their names. Um, but Fred's a great guy. He's, he's put his life towards, you know, changing the paradigm. And he's a medical researcher. So, you know, you want to talk research, this guy's uh, – I'll just plug what, what he knows. And, and so on our end, we look at an alternative options for dead teeth. When teeth die, you know, yeah, the, the, the key elements to cover – um, we don't have, we don't offer root canals in our practice. We do send you to a specialist if the, if you do have a reason that you want to save it. If you beg, if you beg us, we'll send you to the well, specialist. Well, I'll give you a good example. It. Here's one. Okay. And I'm, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know for sure about this, about the, the, the very far out approach towards all root canals are bad. Okay. I'm not, this is one I'll give an example of. 
you take a hit in the face, all right, you're cra- and you're 16 years old, and it cracks a 16-year-old boy had this recently, cracks at the gum line, front two teeth, okay? Immediately that afternoon, you're in our office or in a specialist's office specifically that does root canals, and they take the right a, – a, a traumatic approach to those teeth. Spec pulpotomy is what it's called, the different ways to save the teeth. Here's my belief. Those teeth should be saved for the short term, and I may be wrong, personal belief, and why? Because there was no necrosis in the bone at this point, and then you're going to monitor that child, kid, for the next couple of years, and why is, what's my point? A boy will grow until they're 21, 22. We start to, as the implant surgeon, I'll tell you, when we're starting to talk about putting in a white zirconia, a perfect implant, it's a lifetime restoration. I don't want to put it in at 16 and then have the patient uh, have change. You know, there's, yeah. So there's ways we can, when there's infection, do something for a 16-year-old on that example. I, we try to save the teeth. But outside of that, or if the patient elects, parents elect not to do it, well, then they're going with a removable denture for a while or, or some yeah, some basic form to get them through their formative years and then get them, get them to where their uh, – keeps the girls away. You know? <laughs> so, so, there's, so there's that. But overall, back to the, what, what's the big problem, there's a lot of patients out there right now that have chronic disease and even acute inflammation that it, it definitely could be related to dead teeth. And so in a, in a brief summary, how could that be possible for the person that would think, how in the world could my teeth make me have these type things? How would that process, knowing you work from here to here, how does that get from here to here? Kind of just... Teeth have blood supplies mm-hmm. in them. And mm-hmm. if they're, even if you take the blood supply out in, in the sense of doing a root canal, um, there's still a blood supply that runs right below that tooth. If in the, in the event that there's a secondary infection, which... You know, I believe that there's almost all of them have secondary infections, even the so-called healed ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there is bacteria right near a blood vessel. That blood, that bacteria can get in your blood vessel, and there you go. And it's anaerobic in nature. It hates oxygen, so it, it, it's down there in the bone. And then you get into Eastern medicine, you start talking about meridians in the body, and everything through the pathways from your brain. I believe this go through your teeth and into different organs in the body. I'll I'll go. Off, this is I don't have a literature on this, but I don't meet many men that have elevated prostate PSA or even prostate cancer history that don't have a dead tooth on their premaxilla from canine to canine on the top. And you know how many of us have had you know occasionally a little uh, blow to the face back to that. So it's it's a fine line, and we have some great providers that are naturopathic physicians that we, I, I don't prefer working with patients that that don't have some history i love the internet but we call it dr google for a reason because there's you know 75 percent good and maybe or maybe less and so that's 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 really the i guess the overview on that so so on to the next topic and we'll just hit this really quick because like you said before which i love is if it's not your scope of practice you you don't tell people what to do with it but since this is an area of the body that my clients deal a lot with in the methods that they choose to treat themselves, Botox for headaches and migraines. It was a big thing amongst oral surgeons to actually offer that as a, uh, as, as a option in their practices for TMJ, especially, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I even know my, my wife's uncle used to do it. Um, I know he doesn't do it anymore. Um, But Botox, uh, you, you need to look and see what, 
what is Botox? (laughs) It's botulism toxin. Um, It's literally toxin you're putting in there. Um, And like most things, like most pain medications or opioids or things that are prescribed just to, they're just prescribed to dampen the symptoms of Mm -hmm. things. Botox works because it'll last longer than most analgesics that you can get, like Tylenol, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's not getting to the, to the, to the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Really in the reality is, is right. Um, You can, you can, uh, you could take that, or go get those injections to your heart's content, but it's it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. And you need to you need. Uh, my advice would be to go find somebody that can get to the root cause of mm-hmm. things and actually solve the problem, so there mm-hmm. is no pain there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, same with us with with opioids. You know, if you're constantly on opioids and you look at we, I know we were talking before taping about the life expectancy of people in the U.S. dropping for two years consecutively, and a lot of it has to do with this opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. I feel like what we're doing in our practice here is we're encouraging people and finding different modalities. To, to decrease pain and um, not have to use those right. those methods. And so Botox, in my opinion, kind of is just another masking. It's effective. It's effective it for sure. <laughs> it works at, and I, I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm a believer that if we're, if we're really, um, you know, it, it, it short-term result, mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. That's, I guess, the best summary. Right. But then, you, then my thought is, and why we don't do it is we'll look at other ways. Now, I'll give you a good one. Uh, one of the things that I do with temporomandibular joint pain and discomfort, we'll, we'll have, we have a modality. As, as Dr. Eric said, we're bringing in a, a lady, uh, Dr. Shelley Boucher. She's starting this month, uh, and she's a Dawson Academy graduate, which her the Dawson Academy is one of the national groups that looks at the balance of the teeth and the overall symbiotic nature of the, of the head and neck. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm in another group, as I said, the Koi Center, that uh, we're going to take these modalities and join them. Well, back to it. Um, if you are looking for short-term results, even now what we're doing is we're injecting ozone right. into the joint. And I do that actually through the ear. Mm-hmm. You enter through right by the hour of the ear, right. and you can get into the joint space, mm-hmm. and it can lower the inflammation in the joint. Now, there's a few things we do on the front end to make sure on the diagnostic level that this is not something that is surgical. Mm-hmm. So to briefly cover... There are definitely conditions that you have. The only option for treatment is surgical, and I'll I'll say that the ho- most horrible story I've ever dealt with is before I knew anything about this as a young dentist. Which unfortunately, ninety-five percent of dentists have no clue about this because we're not taught about it in school. We're taught how to fill holes and do root canals, and and you know, do prevention. I, I, they do talk a little on that. But I had a lady early on that committed suicide because of her jaw pain. Yeah. And, and she wrote it in her suicide letter. And I'll, I'll share that because it hits home for me. And I think about her often because I really wish that, you know, I had the knowledge that I have now yeah. on how to avoid it. And you know what? She would have been, back to it, the reason I tell this story, she would have been surgical. Right. We would have taken her through all the modalities to test and try. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to a point where we needed to do something there are some incredible oral and maxillofacial surgeons out there that we work with that are holistically minded and they are looking at minimization and it puts us then where when we can go back and balance teeth and put them in the right symbiotic nature back to that, what we find is people's pain goes away. 90% of migraines, temporal region migraines uh, are related somewhat to imbalance of the teeth. It's clenching. Yeah, that's that's almost all of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then it kind of, there you go, that answers your question about Botox. You don't really need it when you solve the yeah. problem right and there. So what I want to point out and remind people is 
because and that's the tricky part is they do feel relief it's like well, right oh it worked right. but uh, big picture over your whole life and over your whole spectrum of health what are all of the things you're putting in your body over a 10 20 30 year span of time some of them never go away so right. that's another point i want to make and this is why i'm throwing it out there and when my clients ask me, should I do this thing? Should I try that? Well, if it has anything to do with holistic approach, I'm like, try all the things. Yeah. But if they're in a, a, an acute situation where their life is on the line, whatever, sometimes you do have to do yeah. these things. But big picture is find the why. That's the main crux of this conversation. And what you guys do is find the why to the communication because pain is very simple. It's your body communicating to you that something is awry. Right. So if we just hide that with medicine or Botox or whatever, you never find the why. It is completely exacerbated within right. several years to the point that it could get that bad as taking yeah. your own life, which is back to my point of when you're in that much pain, you feel crazy. Well, And you brought that up earlier, and I, I didn't get we, – we had so many wonderful things to talk about. For pain – we look at everything comprehensively. We want to look at the big picture. This is echoing what you're saying. There is an acute, there are acute scenarios where you need treatment. Sure. And, and so we, I always say to patients, one of my favorite things to do is when they come in and they're sitting there in pain and we can say hi and we can go through a little medical history quick. The first thing I want to do is I want to get them numb yeah. and, and comfortably numb where I don't hurt them. Mm-hmm. And the reason we do that is it then takes the pain away immediately. We can really spend time to get out of that, that level of, uh, you know, lizard brain where you're taking action. And so I have a great friend, a holistic, uh, doc named Dr. Matt McAleese from the Charlotte health center. And he, he always says that this, he came to me, he's a, he's a, I'll violate his HIPAA. He's a, he's a dear friend. He's like a brother, but he's a patient of ours. And he came in and he had some work he needed. And he said, and I, and I was surprised because he, he, he said, you know, well, I want nitrous oxide, personal decision, right? And there's people who believe I want nothing. Well, I, I asked him, I said, Dr. Matt, how could you say you want this, you know, when it's going to be in your body? And he said, Doc, I do everything I can for my body to be my temple so that it's absolutely tip top. I am really nervous because I'm concerned. I had a past history here and I don't want there to be an anxiety event for me because that's worse for my system. My body will process it. It was just super cool because it made me realize, you know, our bodies are amazing temples and we're doing our best. It's so easy to get down and get like concerned about the overall what's out there. It's a scary world. And we just have to do our best to lower the inflammation in every way we can. Every, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. That's the, the one thing I take. Uh, and being working here with my brother at, at our practice, I'm seeing how unique everybody's different situation is from the people that, that need more anesthesia versus mm-hmm. those that can go, yeah, I don't need it. Just go ahead and drill my tooth. You know, yeah. everybody's different. But uh, yeah, if you're in that acute situation, we can get you comfortable where you can make a logical, informed decision on your care. Yeah, and that's exactly the point is to let people know their options. You be the person that um, is garnering the the power behind your health. Yep. Don't put it in someone else's hands. And that's what we're trying to tell people is yeah. there are plenty of options. Ask Get your information. Yeah. Ask questions. Drive your own bus. You yes, know, that's 100%. right. <laughs> we tell people all the time we're not in a rush. Mm-hmm. You know, we, acute, we want to make a move. Mm-hmm. But long term, we want to talk. And it's, not, it's just about finding out, you know, being that teacher. I love that. 
So we're going to end this big conversation of things that could have spun off into a longer one. Yep. <laughs> just just the tip of the iceberg. And all of their information will be under the notes and you can contact them. But on a personal level, so I have a lot of friends that are self-employed. Mm-hmm. My husband and I both are self-employed. So just give me a little bit of advice that you might have for the other dads that are self-employed, maintaining a family, maintaining a relationship. How does that look for you finding that rhythm? Um you need to make time for your family. Be running a business and being growing a business is it can get exciting and you get involved into doing it. Um, but your life is a balance. Um, one of my things I, I try to do uh, every day is I, I always say get home and cook dinner. You know, get home, be home for dinner, spend time with your family, make time for your family. Um, you have a lot of hats that everybody wears every day. Um, I wear a lot of hats in my own life. I, you know, dentist, dad, husband, uh, son, brother, uh, you know, landscaper, contractor. <laughs> I, I went through the list one time and I think I had like 35 that I came <laughs> up with. And I, you have to take a look at that list of hats that you wear and say, which one of these can I eliminate to, to maximize the dad hat or the husband hat? Uh, those are the important things in life. So it, life's about balance. You just, you have to schedule it out and, and make sure that you're giving time to people uh, that are important in your life. Mm-hmm. The work's great. I love what I do, um, but there has to be a balance. That's, mm-hmm. that's the best advice I can give. Mm-hmm. And, and just being present being present for your family is the mm-hmm. biggest thing for yeah. most people. Yeah. I, you know, I tell everyone that I had, I had people that I, I was able to emulate, um, role models, my grandfather's, my, we were close, we're a close family even now. And, and so I would say to people, you know, if I'm in my life, if I end up half the man that my grandparents were, or my grandfather's and my dad, you know, I, I, I want in life. And, and, and so, there's, you know, the, I tell people this because we're, you know, we're getting ready to do some really big things and, and, you know, back to God, you know, he's been there right with us. And um, I'm not leaving Concord. My brother's not leaving the Charlotte area, but we as a, as a entity are going to be expanding beyond our walls. And our goal is to help as many people as we can and, and bring our brand there and, and build a big legacy, you know, innocently. And, um, so, so it's scary, you know, and you have to go deep on, on um, the why. And, and for me personally, having Shannon as my rock and being there from the very beginning, you know, I knew I wanted to be a dentist when I was 16, and um, I never knew I'd be a holistic dentist doing, you know, sure. doing some things outside the box. But, um, you know, God's got a plan. And, and so it's, it, it truly is, like Eric said, you know, he, his, his is coming home for dinner. Um, I've been, you know, in my short time in my 10 years of dentistry, a, a traveler, I joke, I'm like a band, I, I'm out on tour and, you know, I, we pull a lot of continuing ed hours. And so the, the goal is, you know, I want to, when I'm home, be present and we're really even, uh, and I, I'll say like the, the real summary on that is that my family understands the goals. Like my best friend, like he said, next to Shannon's him, and also, you know, my other buddies. You know, you, we're going on a ski trip next week, and I really didn't want to go, but I, I got too much going on. I'm doing all this other stuff, and that bowl filling is huge because you need to be there and you need to serve everyone that water. And if it's empty, and your adrenals are out of whack, and you're you're not getting sleep, back to that, you're you're, you're playing with a stacked deck. It's bad. So I've I've seen major change in my life as I've come there and. And then I, last but not least, I'll go to, you know, I got a Bible study I'm in with some neighbors that I, we do every, just about every Saturday. There are a lot of business guys too. And it's just nice to be able to, you know, have that camaraderie and, and do it in the word. Mm-hmm. So, so. so that's a great way to end this is to, I mean, we talk about 
we're talking about teeth. We're talking right. about you know all these different <laughs> things, so, but it, such a great it topic. comes back to big picture intention, being intentional and mindful about what we're doing with our body, mind, and spirit. And I, I think men get left out of that conversation. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. You guys need to be caring for your mental and emotional sides as well. And it's, I mean, if not even more so. And I'm so I'm glad, glad you pointed yep. that out. So as we continue on this journey of being relentless, I hope that you have picked up a few things that will help you. If you have any questions for Dr. Eric or Dr. John, their information will be below. But continue on your journey. It's your journey and yours alone. No one can live it for you. No one knows what it feels like. Only you. So only you can be the one that finds the answer. And that has to come from within. So that's a whole nother podcast is why sure. are we clenching our jaw in the first place? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get there. So, uh... so we, you're dealing with the physical and then we get into <laughs> the other side of it is the mental, emotional. But it, it's everything. You can't. It's just like the Trinity. You can't separate it. We are body, mind, and spirit. You have to work on all components at all times. So continue on your effort to be relentless in your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And Dr. John and Dr. Eric will help you do that. Thank you so much. Have a great day.